ask that our children, those that are here, to uh, remain in uh, the sanctuary this morning. Uh, Brother Phillips, Sister Vicky's out of town. I'm not sure who, but I know it's a family member that's sick and uh, praying for them, that uh, God would touch them. I also want you to uh, continue to remember Brother Vic Wilson when you pray that God will touch him. Brother Tony sent me a text this past week. Uh, Sister Davis is uh, two of her granddaughters. Y'all know Katie. She came with her a lot here. Katie and her twin sister both in dire need of prayer. Katie's got the key arm malformation uh, going on again. You know, she had the surgery years ago for that where they shaved the back of her skull off uh, where those headaches are back and they're worse. And so they're talking about having to do that again and also put a drainage tube in there. If you know anything about KR malformation, I do because Kim has it and Caitlin has it. It causes severe, severe migraines and they're frequent and often it's because the skull's too low against the spine and it won't allow the spinal fluid to, uh, to drain properly and the pressure builds up and it causes severe headaches. And it's uh, really uh, outside of doing that surgery where they shave the back of your skull off, which is right over the brain stem. It's a serious procedure. But uh, just praying that God will touch Katie and then also her sister has got some, some conditions going on with her heart and uh, praying for her as well. So uh, remember both of those young ladies when you pray and ask God to touch. We're still remembering Brother Judd still needs a miracle in his body praying and asking God to heal him of cancer. My father-in-law uh, also has leukemia, suffering with cancer in his body praying for his healing. I uh, got word this week that Sister Erica Robinson, those of you that have been at Bible Way for any length, know Sister Erica well. I still count her as a part of our church family uh, she, they found uh, breast cancer in her, and apparently it spread. Uh, she, they found out, she's been three times to the ER, found out her uh, hip is fractured, and uh, they think it's probably from the spread of cancer. So uh, that's not good news, but we know that God is a healer. And, uh, and I, I feel like God wants us, asks us, requires us to seek him, in prayer, so let's remember all these needs. Uh, Brother Eddie's still out, uh, suffering in his back, and also the, the problem that he had going on with his toe, and uh, just continuing to believe God for healing in his body. So remember, Brother Eddie, when you pray. I want to say happy birthday today to my dad. I think today is 75 for him, and uh, I want to say happy birthday today. I love him with all my heart. Luke chapter number 18 is where we want to begin reading this morning in verse number 35. Luke chapter number 18 beginning with verse number 35. do ask that you continue to pray for mom as well. She's here, but still been battling the uh, atrial fib in her heart, just believing for a miracle at this point that God will touch her. Luke 18 and verse 35, And it came to pass that as he was come nigh unto Jericho, a certain blind man sat by the wayside begging. And hearing the multitude pass by, he asked what it meant. They told him that Jesus of Nazareth passeth by. And he cried, saying, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. They which went before rebuked him and that he should hold his peace, but he cried so much the more. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood and commanded him to be brought unto him. And when he was come near, he asked him, saying, What wilt thou that I shall do unto thee? And he said, Lord, 
that I may receive my sight. Jesus said unto him, Receive thy sight, thy faith hath saved thee. And immediately he received his sight and followed him, glorifying God. And all the people, when they saw it, gave praise unto God. Amen. I want to preach on a simple thought, receiving our sight. Receiving our sight. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. We pray and ask today that you'll speak to our heart through your, through your spirit and by your word. I ask you today, Lord God, just what we're preaching about, that we might receive our sight. God, that wisdom and revelation and knowledge will be given unto us in the face of Jesus Christ, that we would see him, and in seeing him, we would see our great need. We would see the great need of this world Oh, God, for Jesus. We would see how close we are to the end of it all, to the rapture of the church. Oh, God, to judgment being poured out upon this, upon this world and that we would seek your face for revival while there's yet time for souls to be saved, for those that are in need of Christ to be reached and touched and helped. I pray, grant it, Lord, let it be around this altar this morning that we would see Christ those that are lost would be saved and those that are sick would be healed. And oh God, every believer would see the need for the baptism of the Holy Ghost and fire with power, oh God, to enable us to do the will of God in the earth. We pray for those that aren't able to be here, oh God, that you'd stretch forth your hand to, <coughs> to touch and to heal and to make whole. We ask it together in Jesus' name. If you love the Lord, would you say amen? Amen. amen. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. I was preaching revival this week, and I have, uh, for years, if my throat got so bad I couldn't uh, hardly preach. Uh, there's a celestial seasoning that you buy in the grocery store. It's a hot tea. The raspberry Zinger, Brother Brian turned me on to it years ago, something that raspberry that it just helps promote healing in your throat. Brother Nathan Gobbles, who I was preaching for this week, when he had some, and he said, Brother Eddie, I'm going to drink some of this raspberry singer. You want some? I said, yeah, I do. And he put it in one of them thermos cups to keep stuff really hot, and he brought it over to the church. Man, I took the first sip of that, and I'm telling you, it burned the top three layers <laughs> of my tongue off. And uh, I've never been hot. I don't drink coffee. I don't drink stuff that's hot for that very reason. Somebody said, you got to get used to it. And I said, well, if i got to get used to my tongue being raw. I just I just ain't going to be able to do it. But uh, anyway, I kept drinking it. I was glutton for punishment. I just, you know, just sip it real slow. I kept drinking that thermos cup, kept it absolutely boiling point, scalding hot, but, the whole service, and uh, I'm so I can't even feel my tongue this morning. So uh, if I bite my tongue or drool or, or, or you know, my words sound, <laughs> oh, help me, Jesus. Receiving our sight, we we read the story of Bartimaeus in a wonderful story. It is, and it it's the story of a man who was physically blind. And I, I believe that uh, that the Bible don't say, but it doesn't it specifically doesn't say that he was born blind. I tend to believe that something happened in the life of Bartimaeus that caused him to lose his sight. I don't know if he had uh, some kind of disease of the <laughs> eyes that made his eyes lose sight. Maybe he had a severe a case of cataracts in both eyes. We don't really know. But it, his prayer leads me to believe that at one time he, he could see, but now he can't. And as he sat by the wayside begging, because in biblical times, if you could not work, you had no means to support yourself. So the only way that you had support, were able to live, was to beg. As he sat by the wayside begging, he heard crowd noise, huge crowd going by, and he asked somebody, what's going on? They said, 
Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. And man, he had enough sight, spiritual sight to know that's the man I need. I, I, if he'll touch me, my begging will be over with. My need will be met if I can get Jesus to touch me. So in our text, he cried out unto the Lord and they asked him to hold his peace or to be quiet. The Bible said when they did, he cried all the louder and Jesus said, hey, bring that man to me. And when they brought him to Jesus, he said, what do you want? And he said, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And the Lord said, receive your sight, your faith hath saved you. And immediately he received his sight. His eyes were open and he could see. He could see that the sky was blue. He could see that Jesus was in front of him. He could see the crowd around him. The Bible said that uh, he followed Jesus glorifying God and all the people when they saw what happened, they gave praise unto God. We, we read the story of a man physically receiving sight and that's not hard for us to understand. Yeah. He was blind in his eyes, he couldn't see, he wanted to see, the Lord touched him and he did see and people glorified God for it. We see a similar case in 2 Kings chapter number six, beginning in verse 15, it says, when the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, behold, a host, an army, compassed the city both with horses and chariots. And his servant said unto him, alas, my master, how shall we do, or what are we going to do? And he answered, fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. Yeah. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. That's right. Here's a different blind. Yeah. Here's a boy that can see. He can see clearly Every horse, every chariot, every soldier that's got them surrounded. He can clearly see that they are in trouble. Mm -hmm. We're compassed about. We're surrounded. They're going to kill us. What are we going to do? And Elisha can see what he can't see. Yeah. And he said, relax. Because they that are for us are more than they right. that are for them. That's right. And then I'm sure the boy looked at him like, what? What are you talking about? And Elisha, instead of trying to explain it to him, prayed. And he said, Lord, open the boy's eyes that he can see. Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. It's a different kind of blind. He's not physically blind. His eyes see perfectly in the natural but he cannot see in the spiritual. It's a different kind of blind, but I want to tell you, it's probably a worse kind of blind. If you had the option of being blind spiritually versus being blind physically, I don't know about you, but I would, I would take a walking stick physically and, and, or, or be led by another person or a service dog versus being blind spiritually. You can go to heaven being blind physically, but if you're blind spiritually, you're going to be lost. And I, I would say most of the world, and I would dare to say many in the church world, are in the same shape that Elisha's servant was in. Nothing is wrong with their physical eyes. They see, 
what's going on around them while they're at work. Young people see what's going on around them when they're in school, in their classroom, with their classmates. Parents can see perfectly. They see what's going on in their families, with their children, or in their grandchildren. We can see perfectly fine the condition uh, with people that are on our job sites. We can see very well what's going on in the political arena. We can see all of that very well with our natural eyes. Yeah. And this is an eyesore to me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even like, I won't watch the news anymore. Can't stand it. Just can't stand to look at it and hear it. I feel like elections are of no consequence or value. I just feel like Washington's a broken thing anymore. I don't want to hear it. Don't talk. I voted. I voted like a Christian ought to vote. I voted the best way I could. Had little confidence that it was going to do any good. I just feel like Washington's a broken thing. So I want to set my eyes on Jesus. I want to set my eyes on things above. And uh, that, that brings us to where we are. People can see, they can see it all, but seemingly they can't see their need yeah. for Christ. If I listen to Fox, then what I hear is that in the Senate we're outnumbered. We've got a small, tiny majority in the House. The country's just going to be in a stalemate for the next two years. What I see is that wickedness seemingly prevails in the land. What I see is, you know, supply chain shortage. What I see is fuel shortage. What I see is, you know, a coming food shortage. What I see is peril. And if you allow all of that to what you see, to affect your heart, what it'll do is it'll promote fear. Yes. Right. It'll promote doubt. It'll promote confusion. It'll promote anger. It'll promote frustration. But what the Lord is saying this morning, what about what you can't see? Look above Washington, D.C. Look higher than Joe Biden. Look higher than the leaders of our nation. Look higher than what Fox News is able to report or to tell you. Isaiah said, who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? You know the word revealed there is a root word of revelation. To whom has God revealed or given revelation of the strength and the power of our God? What Isaiah saw was a backslidden nation. What Isaiah saw was a nation that had turned their back on God and was now suffering the judgment of God. And he was a man of God living headlong in the middle of it. And he went into the temple in Isaiah chapter 6 and God gave him revelation. And by the 53rd chapter, he so deep into the revelation of Christ that he said, who have believed our report? And to who is the arm of the Lord revealed? Yeah. He tells us almost through the natural eye what he saw yeah. in Isaiah chapter six. Yeah. But from chapter six to chapter 53, God has not only allowed him to see with the natural eye, he said, woe is me, for I'm undone. For mine eyes have seen the Lord. My eyes have seen the Lord. But chapter 53 is completely different description. In chapter 6, what his eye seen is that seraphim flew over the Lord and with twain, with two wings, they covered his, his head 
with two wings that covered his hands and feet and with two wings they flew and they cried, he's holy. There's stuff about him your physical eyes can't ever see. There are things about him your physical eyes won't ever behold. There are things that your physical eyes won't ever allow you to know. They're hidden from you. But in chapter 53, hallelujah to God. He gives you a beautiful picture, a beautiful detailed description of the Lord Jesus Christ. He had no form nor comeliness that we would desire him. No beauty for the natural eye to behold, but he was wounded for our transgression. Yes. Amen. That's right. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes we're healed. Somehow by the spirit, Isaiah's eyes were opened and he saw Christ. To whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? The word revealed there is the key. A revelation was given. The curtain was rolled back and he saw Christ. It takes revelation to see Christ. When you read your Bible, you need to pray for revelation that you'll be able to see Christ. When you read your Bible, you need to pray for revelation that you'll be able to hear God speak. Amen. When you read your Bible, you need to pray for revelation that you'll see your need and the need of this world. Amen. Well, we need, we need lower taxes. We need lower gas prices. We need smarter people in Washington. We need this, that, and the other. We need to see deeper than that. We need to see beyond that. So one, Bartimaeus is a physical blindness. And then Elisha's servant, who the Bible doesn't give us his name, we see a spiritual blindness. We see both in Isaiah. We see that he sees naturally what's going on, and then he sees spiritually with a description, a depiction of Jesus Christ by revelation of the Spirit in Isaiah chapter 53. So we see in Bartimaeus those that need sight physically, in Elisha's servant those that need sight spiritually. We see in Isaiah a man who has both physical sight and spiritual sight. We see in Isaiah all that God desires us to be. In Ephesians 1 and 15, this is the same prayer that the, the Apostle Paul is praying for the entirety of the church. I believe he's proud. I, I pray that you would all be as Isaiah the prophet. That you'd have natural sight and spiritual sight. In Ephesians 1 and 15, wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus, and love unto all the saints. Cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Notice now that Jesus Christ, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. That's not these eyes. That's these eyes. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe. 
One of the things he's praying for is that God will give you spiritual eyes, revelation, and insight uh, on how powerful our God is toward us. That you would not be in fear, in doubt, or in despair. He said, what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might, far above what you're able to see the devil doing in the earth. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come and hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. In, there's so much depth in those few short verses that the Apostle Paul spake to the Ephesian church. The book of Ephesians is one of the richest books in all the Bible. Just go back and do do an in-depth study on the book of Ephesians. All the revelation that God gave to that church body of who Christ is and what he desires to do in them and through them. The word wisdom There in verse number 17, let me read it to you again. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom. Word wisdom there is from the Greek word sophias, used to describe insight, or wisdom that is not or cannot be naturally attained. Special insight. Rather, spiritual insight. Then coupled that word, wisdom, which is the Greek word sophias, with the word revelation, that God may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. It's the Greek word apocalypsis. It's the same word of the book of Revelation. It refers to something that has been veiled or hidden for a long time. And then suddenly, almost instantaneously, it becomes clear and visible to the mind or to the eye. That's what the book of Revelation is. John said, I was in the spirit. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. And suddenly, I heard behind me a great voice like a voice of many waters, saying unto me, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. When I turned to see him, I fell upon my face as a dead man. He saw what was always there. He just couldn't ever see it before. And John said, this book I write unto you to show you a revelation, an unveiling, something that's there, but you can't see it. Paul said, I pray to God the Father that he would give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in him. I want to tell you today, you need, if, if you're a saint of God living in the last days, you are fighting hell. If God's for you, hell's against you. If you're a child of God, you're doing battle against that flesh every day to do what's right. Even your own flesh, your own carnal nature fights and wars against you. Has to be put down and crucified. If you're a child of God, you're at war. And Paul said what you need more than anything, he's talking to the Ephesian church. What you need more than anything is the spirit of wisdom and revelation yes. of the knowledge of God in him. That's right. Amen. Amen. So that word means revelation. Something that's been veiled or hidden for a long time and then suddenly becomes clear and visible to the mind or eyes. Like 
pulling the curtain out of the way so that you can see what's always been just outside your window. The scene was always there to enjoy, but the curtain blocked your ability to see the real picture. But when the curtains are drawn or lifted, you can suddenly see what's been hidden from your view. The moment you see beyond that curtain for the first time and see what's been there all along just was not evident, that is what the Bible calls wisdom or revelation. Now apply the meaning of the word to the realm of spiritual truth. The truths that we now grasp and enjoy that is the truth that we know to be true about Christ. We're always there in the realm of the spirit. But they were veiled. They were hidden to us. It wasn't the time for these truths to be revealed yet. So they remained hidden or obscured from our sight. Even though they were always there. But once the right time came. And the Holy Ghost removed the veil that blocked our view. Our minds instantly understood and saw clearly, perfectly. When this occurred, we were given wisdom and revelation. It's a fact that truth remains hidden until God reveals that truth to us. That's a fact. Truth remains hidden until God reveals that truth unto us. He said the kingdom of God is like a man that found a treasure and went and hid it in the earth. And then he went and bought the field so that he could attain the treasure. Now that's Christ. Christ hid treasure in the earth so that it couldn't be seen so that it wasn't known about. It was a hidden or unrevealed treasure. He said then he bought the field that he hid it in. Christ bought us at Calvary. What is the treasure that's been hidden? It's the gospel. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. These truths are hidden to them that are lost. That's that's pretty evident for me to see. That truth is hidden to them that are lost. The apostle said, but if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. Whom the God in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds, has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Notice he said, you're preaching to blind men. He said, therefore we preach not ourselves. I'm not interested in preaching to you what Washington's doing, needs to do, or is going to do, or is not going to do. I'm not interested in preaching how dire it is out there with supply chain shortage and and fuel shortage and food shortage. You already know it. We preach not ourselves. He said, but we preach what's been revealed unto us. Christ. We preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord and ourselves, your servants, for Jesus' sake, for God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness hath shined in our hearts. Yeah. To do what? To give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. We preach Jesus Christ because he gives revelation. Yes. 
I'll tell you what you need. You're sad. If you're discouraged, if you're oppressed or depressed, I'll tell you what you need. You need to see Jesus. I said you need another glimpse of glory. The Bible said in his presence there's fullness of joy. And you need to see that the Lord's in the house. Bartimaeus said, what's that? What do you mean, what's that? I hear noise. I hear people, lots of people. What's that? That's Jesus walking by. Hey! Yeah. Jesus! All he needed was revelation that Jesus was close by. Hope sprang. Faith rose. I'm close to the Lord. I'm closer to my health than what I realized. I'm closer to a miracle than I've ever been. Somebody can go from suicide to the revelation that Christ is in this house. The God of peace that's able to keep your heart and mind through Christ Jesus is a prayer away. His arms leap from you. And if you can touch him, you'll find joy unspeakable and full of glory. You need revelation. You need wisdom that it ain't as bad. It ain't as hopeless and it ain't as far gone as what you believed it was. He said, if our gospel's hid, wisdom and revelation, this truth has not been given and the gospel's hid, it's hid to them that are lost or better to them whom the God of this world had blinded their minds. Not blinded these. They have eyes. And the Bible said they, they see not. They have ears, but they hear not. They got a heart, but they receive not. Why? Because Satan had blinded their mind. How? By what they see and by what they hear. Yes. You see what you want to see. And you hear what you want to hear. And you believe what you want to believe. God has stirred me about this. He said, I'll tell you what you need. You're going to be a preacher in the last day. To the last church. This is what you need. This is what Paul was preaching to the Ephesian church. And this church was the church that Timothy, his son in the Lord, was the pastor of. He said, I'm telling you, Timothy, I'm telling this church, what you're going to need more than anything else is a spirit of wisdom and revelation in him. That's right, good preaching. They lived in one of the most wicked cities there was, Ephesus. There was one of the seven wonders of the world of of their known day, the, the, the temple of the princes, Diana, a fertility god. There was all kind of ungodliness uh, and sexual deviancy that went on yeah. right there in that temple. Temple prostitutes. It was a wicked cesspool of sin, and God had a church right in the middle of it. He said, all you're going to ever hear is bad news. All you're going to ever see is people bound by the devil. All you're ever going to have is spiritual warfare. Everything under the sun is going to discourage you from being who God called you to be. It was under Timothy that Paul wrote the words, God have not given you a spirit of fear. There was something in that preacher discouraging him. Something in that preacher that made him to fear he couldn't do what God called him to do. Made him to fear, Brother Daniel, he'd never be who God ordained him and called him to be. He'd never accomplish what God ordained and called him to accomplish. And there's something in these last days warring against God's church, telling the church the self-same thing. You can't do
do it. There's no way you'll ever see it. We're in the great falling away. You're in a wicked day. Men's hearts have turned from the truth. They have itching ears and heat to themselves, teachers. They're apostate. They don't want the gospel. They don't want Pentecost. You'll never attain it. You'll never reach it. You'll never see it. Paul said, that's not his spirit. His spirit will give you wisdom and revelation of the knowledge of him. And you'll see all that God has empowered you to be in Christ. He's given Christ, he said, to be the power of God in all of us. You're more than a conqueror. You're an overcomer. You're God's church. The body of Jesus Christ. What would Jesus Christ have done if he walked the street of Ephesus? He would have been bearing witness unto the Father. What would he have done? He would have healed their sick. He would have raised their dead. He would have cast out devils. He would have done the works of the Father. What am I going to do in Foley? Exactly that. But you won't do it staring at Washington. You won't do it believing their report. The Lord said, who believed my report? And who am I going to reveal my truth to? Who am I going to give revelation of my son to? You see what you want to see. You hear what you want to hear. And you believe what you want to believe. Your prayer needs to be what do you want, boy? I want to see. What do you want? I want to see. He said, well, then receive your sight. It's your faith that saves you. And he could see and he followed Christ and glorified God. What's going to happen when you can see? You're going to follow Christ and glorify God. Somebody said Bartimaeus could see. Then he went up and seen the state of the Sanhedrin. He seen that the Caesar was in control of things. He seen how desperately wicked the world was around him, so wicked that they crucified the Son of God. They murdered the Prince of Life. They called the, 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 the Savior of the world, Beelzebub, the Prince of Devils. That's what he saw. He should have got he should have immediately went into depression. <laughs> he should have wanted to commit suicide, thinking, man, this world's awful. I just wish I would die. Ain't nobody loves me. No, he saw Christ. And he followed him and glorified God. Right. What are you gonna do? The spirit of this age tries to oppress you, war against you. Beat you down spiritually. I, I need to pray. Lord, I'm tired of seeing that. I'm tired of hearing that. And I refuse to believe that. Well, what do you want from me, Sullivan? I want to see. I want to see just how close I am to the rapture. I want to see today that where two or three of us are gathered together in this place, I want to see Jesus in this house. I want to see Jesus in this house. If, if you, if he would open your eyes and let you see. Just like Elisha's servant, open the boy's eyes and let him see what's really there. Oh, they that are for us uh, are more and more powerful than they that be against us. Uh, if somebody in need could see that Jesus was in the house, uh, there wouldn't be a need too great. If we as believers could see that Jesus was in the house, uh, you wouldn't have to be pumped or primed or encouraged uh, to lift your hands, to raise your voice, to worship God. You'd go home hoarse uh, because you lost your voice, uh, praising, adoring, magnifying the King of kings uh, and the Lord of lords. 
What's wrong with you people? Why are you always losing your voice? God Almighty. Why are you losing your voice? I lose it in worship. I lose it in prayer. And I lose it preaching. Why? Because God is constantly always giving me revelation that he is in this house. And if I can but touch the hem of his garment, I know I'm going to be all right. I'm the one crying, Jesus, have mercy on me. Hush, what are you doing? That's not appropriate. We're in the house of God. Be silent, be right, Jesus. Hallelujah. I preach revival this week. I'll be honest with you. We never had a what I would call a breakthrough. A real breakthrough. But I I I, I know why I was there. I was there for that pastor. Who's, who's carrying it uphill both ways. Everywhere he turns is a battle and discouragement, feeling defeat and oppression. He told me, he said, before you came, he said, I, I was, I, I, I had almost given in to, I'm doing it wrong, Lord. This is a this is a no win situation, and he said I, I've been talking to different ones in state office and whatnot. They tell you what you're doing wrong, how you need to fix things. <laughs> well, number one, you you need to stop preaching like you're preaching. Preach a more center friendly message. Need to make your church more accommodating to the world. That ain't exactly how they're going to word it. That's basically what they tell them. Basically, if you'd make it look like, feel like, and seem like a bar room or a disco hall, you fill that house up. And this is what'll happen. You'll start feeling better about yourself, better about your church, better about your ministry. Paul said, we don't preach ourselves. We don't preach ourselves. We preach to you what we have seen, heard, and know about him. And he said, I pray that your eyes would be open. You ain't going to get victory unless you see him. You ain't going to be healed until you see him. You're not going to ever experience peace, joy, or power until you see him. You need what Bartimaeus needed. Lord, that I might receive my sight. You need what Elisha's servant needed. Lord, open his eyes. You need what the church in Ephesus needed. I, I make mention of you always in my prayers that God would give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. God would open your eyes to spiritual truth, to revelation that can only be received through him. When you read your Bible, read it with purpose. Throw your reading plan away. Well, I got me a plan. I'll read the Bible through in a year. I'm glad. But you need more than just to read the Bible. Why do you read your Bible? Because you're supposed to. Why do you pray? Because you're supposed to. Why do you live the way you live? Because you're supposed to. I pray you'd go deeper than that. Why do you read your Bible? I'm looking for him. Why do you pray? I'm looking for him. I need to hear from him. 
I aim to touch him. Why are you always going to church? Because my life is in pursuit of him. And I know if I can touch him, somehow I know it's going to be all right. You're able to stand with me this morning. It's Kirsten Kelston. Help me. Father, I thank you for your word this morning. Lord, I, I just heard one thing in prayer this week that I need to pray to receive my sight. That I need to pray for the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. Oh my God, that I wouldn't preach what I am or what I'm facing or what I'm going through, but that I could preach what I have seen, heard, and know about him. Hallelujah. What I've seen and heard and know about him because he's the hidden treasure that you gave your life to purchase on Calvary. The riches of our Father all bound up in the person of Christ. You died that these truths might be revealed unto us. Hallelujah, that we might have life, have it more abundantly. I pray that the veil would be drawn. That the curtains would be rolled back today. Whatever it is that's veiled or hidden or blinded our eyes from beholding him. I pray today that we would see him, Lord. We'd see him in his fullness. We could sense that he's in this house and he's not very far from every one of us that salvation is nigh unto us through Christ, that healing is ours this morning. He's in this house. If I can touch him, I'll go home well. That the baptism of the Holy Ghost, that promises in him, yes and amen. If I can believe him for it, I'll go home full of the Holy Ghost and fire. Oh God, that revelation is wisdom in Christ. It's seeing him, hearing him, and receiving him. That's my prayer today. Oh, God, that I might receive my sight. Would you meet me in this altar? Let's pray that prayer together as a church body. Lord, Lord, that I might receive my sight. Lord, that I might see Jesus. Lord, that you would give unto us the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. Hallelujah.